0: The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com.
1: This episode is brought to you by TweakedAudio.com. Get headphones, earbuds, and accessories from TweakedAudio.com. Just enter the discount code CAFCOMICS. That's all one word at the checkout. You'll get 33% off your entire order, free worldwide shipping, and a limited lifetime warranty on everything you buy. That's TweakedAudio.com. And now. It's time for
0: Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos.
1: And now, here's your hosts, John and Stephen. Hey, it's Caffeinated Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. With me, as always, is my co host, Stephen Brown. And things are going on. I uh we got a request from a couple of people. Ooh. We were requested. Well, to talk uh to talk about the boys. And I oh, watched yeah. I watched a couple and everybody's super into it. I I like Garth Ennis. Like yeah. I'm a fan of Garth Ennis and
0: I am not. Uh, I don't I don't dislike Garthennis, but it's like uh I read his Punisher run, which I really liked. Yeah. And I was like, that's enough Punisher and enough Garth Ennis for me forever. Well, I love... (laughs) It's like, uh, I've had it. I've had it.
1: (laughs) I love Preacher. I just got The Last Absolute. That's my favorite book of the 90s. Um, But I didn't stick with that show. Like, season three, I fell off of that show, and I'm not quite sure why.
0: Yeah, see, I watched the first season. I liked it a lot. I started the second season and then just, like, fell off and never went back. Yeah. And I never read the comic, you know?
1: The comic, I, I love, I still love the comic. I think it holds up. It feels like a 90s comic, but yeah. in a good way. But the boys, um, I read the first Omnibus, and it's like Hitman, but n- with a less interesting character than Hitman was, and not in the DC universe.
0: And this is the, um, uh, what's his name? McCoy plays him.
1: Um, From no. Star Trek yes it's um. you are pushing in out of my head Um, Carl Urban Carl Urban he's also Urban. in
0: Lord of the Rings
1: he's also in Thor Ragnarok
0: yes he he's, is he, he is Um, he works a lot yeah he does he's the executioner
1: Scourge. And, he, and he's good in it it's a decent show but it's like it's kind of like everything you don't like about Garth Ennis boiled down Uh, And then, not much else. And I'm not quite sure why people are into it. And I was talking with a a friend of mine who hates Garth Ennis. And uh, says, like, all Garth Ennis wants to do is talk about that superheroes are assholes. Yeah. And he's, and it's like, sometimes that works. Like, Hitman, Hitman worked because he was one character looking at the DC universe going like, I don't like anybody in this universe. And I kind of got that, but to be fair, I didn't read all of Hitman. Yeah, I would see an issue here and there, and I'd be like, "Oh, this is good," and it wouldn't come back. And then uh, Preacher, I loved because Preacher was really aiming at pretentious people. Like, it aimed at religious and uh, and politics, and you know, pe- it aimed at people that that right, were full but, of but, shit. But
0: no superheroes in that world.
1: No, it right. was a Vertigo comic. Yeah. So, I mean, Preacher himself was the only supernatural thing. Oh no, no! Of course, his psychic was a vampire. Yeah. So I completely. Take I was like that they
0: back. didn't add the vampire just to the <laughs> yeah. Showtime show or whatever.
1: Yeah, so um, I love that book. The problem I had with the boys was that uh, the boys originally was another pitch at DC. And uh, basically, Dan Dio was like, you can't have a monthly comic that says Superman's an asshole every month when we're publishing Superman. Right. So they made it a Wildstorm comic, and DC still published it.
0: I thought it was Dynamite.
1: I think it went to Dynamite at one point. I think Garth owns it, but I I believe it started at Wildstorm. And the big problem with that book is, is it's like the anti Astro City because in Astro City like Kurt Busiek wanted to talk about superheroes so he just created like his own version of Batman and Superman yeah. so he could tell those stories and those are really beautiful stories the Brent Anderson art is great but I don't remember the names of those characters you yeah know?
0: I read um, a lot of people were recommending Astro City uh, to me when I was working at the store for a really long time a lot of people you gotta read Astro City you gotta read Astro City and I think it, you know, it was Crime of Opportunity or whatever. I had the first trade or somebody lent it to me or I grabbed it off the shelf. And I read probably like five or six of the trades. And then just like anything else, I fell off of it. And I really liked what I read. I just felt like I should have liked it more because uh, Kurt Busiek might be my favorite comic book
1: writer Neither, well he he did your favorite avengers run right one. and then
0: he did marvels yeah. and it's like until
1: tales of spider-man yeah. i will mention every time somebody says kurt Busiek. there's just a, I
0: uh i think kurt Busiek did gotham central
1: uh no greg rucka you're thinking of.
0: oh okay. it greg rucka, it rucka and ed Baker.
1: did those um
0: but Busiek is like oh he did um um oh that superman book with that Stuart amon and drew where kids born is that up up in kurt- a way no, Superman's Secret Identity.
1: Secret Identity, okay.
0: And then they're doing one for Batman. I can't remember what it's called, but John Pollyon's drawing it, and it's incredible.
1: Oh, yeah, it's really good. It's late as all hell. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, I think that, and I don't know who that might be, but I have a suspicion it's uh, John, John Pollyon. Yeah,
1: because yeah, I read the first two, and I liked it, and I thought I missed one. It was one of those, it was so late, I assumed yeah. I missed it. And then realized it never came out.
0: Oh, and Kurt Busiek did uh, Iron Man. He did an Iron Man run. Yeah, while he was doing Avengers. Yeah, which I love that kind of stuff. And it wasn't the greatest Iron Man run, but it's pretty good. Iron Man's not always that great, but it's it's readable. And I would actually give him credit. Uh, This is uh, important, I think. Uh, He wrote Iron Man before Robert Downey Jr., transformed what iron man was yeah like this 10 is, years before yeah so this is the last good run on iron man where iron man is the comic book version of iron man and not robert Downey jr's iron man there's nothing wrong with robert Downey jr's iron man he owns that character but uh this is like the last good yeah. iron man it's uh tony stark isn't bigger than iron man
1: right well fraction started his run Right before the movie came out, but then he
0: quickly adopted
1: Robert Downey Jr.isms. Yeah, <laughs> but he, was run, he was which o- was awesome. He was already kind of leaning in that direction. Yeah, I think but then he cut out a sense of anymore. what they
0: were, what they were gonna do, and then I think it's easy to adapt the comics. They don't take that long to produce, so yeah. they can react to stuff fairly quickly. Oh, and oh no, I'm thinking of Rucka again. Uh, Rucka's <laughs> doing an awesome Lois Lane book right now.
1: Oh, really? Rucka's a great Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but going back to Garth Ennis, uh, we use Busiek as the contrary example. It's kind of like it. The boys is like Astro City. If you hate superheroes, yeah. so he went at it. So the characters he makes, they're like analogs of the Justice League, but they're so reprehensible that, like, um, the yeah. Fir- I
0: mean, I think they're monsters. They're like well, rapists.
1: Yeah. Well, the first episode and the first issue, there's like this girl who's like basically. It's kind of she's almost like Firestar, like she's in a new Warriors team and then she gets promoted to the Justice League. And then she has a meeting with the Aquaman who's like, well, you know, if, actually it's worse than the book. He's like, well, if you want to get in, you got to give me a blow job. Yeah. And then she does it. And it's just like, well, why would I, why is this controversial then? Because you've set up the superheroes to be the worst people that no one would side with them. Yeah. So how is the boys, how is the boys standing out? And, that's kind of how I'm feeling about. Um, that's kind of how I'm feeling about the show. And you watched
0: the, how many episodes?
1: I watched like two or three, yeah. and honestly, I didn't feel like binging the rest. Uh, I'll probably get around to it, but honestly, Glow came back, and I'm much more motivated to watch the third season of Glow than the first season of The Boys.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like, uh, I, the, there's nothing wrong with the concept of like, hey, the uh, all your heroes, the world thinks, you know, the Just League, they're these great huge heroes, the Avengers, whatever. it turns out behind the scenes, they're all terrible people. That's like the, uh, a fine story for like a miniseries or something real quick or like a what if or something. I don't know that I want to watch... Um, Or read conversely, because I think the boys went on for many, many, many years. Oh, like
1: 75 at least. Yeah. I
0: would never want to read that much. You know, I I actually liked reading um, Irredeemable. Mark Wade did a story about basically the same ideas. Irredeemable is uh, Superman is a bad guy. Uh, He's, you know, he has like a mental snap and then he turns evil. And then, like, how does the world handle that? Uh, There's good stories out there, I think, without all the. Uh, where every character is like a sadistic rapist, you know it's like Garth Ennis is just a very rapey writer, and there's a lot of that in Punisher, and it was just like, um,
1: yeah, it's just it's, it's, it's one just of like sh- it's too much. There's a lot, you know, there's a lot of deviant sex and all of yes. this stuff. Um, I like his sense of humor, I like his fuck you attitude, but it's so omnipresent that it's like when the target's not right on, and like Preacher was perfect, but like when the when the target something, it's like. Uh, you know what, superheroes aren't so bad. I mean, we've spent the last six years talking about how much we like superheroes. Yeah. So, like, for him to just go, superheroes are fucking horrible, and I'll show you because I'll make the worst one, it's just like, I, you know, I, I'm i not on your side with this.
0: Yeah, I think it's like, um, again, I've read a lot of stories where, hey, Thor takes over Earth, and, um, you know, he brings Asgard to Earth, and then he gets the Odin power, and... People start worshipping him, and he goes and he g- gets into a war and almost triggers World War III because there's a country of people worshipping him on the border of Latveria. And they did really good stories in that vein of, like, superheroes making mistakes or superheroes overstepping their bounds. Right. Civil the, War.
1: Uh, the Justice Lords. The Justice and- Lords. There's, mm. a,
0: there, there's room for those kinds of stories in the mainstream superheroes. I don't think there's anything wrong with playing with the idea that the superheroes are making mistakes or they're not always... Right right but it's like here's a team of uh sexual deviant psychopaths uh who just like murder anybody that you know it's just like the world is um (laughs) it's already controlled and full of monsters i don't need my fictional uh quote-unquote role model characters to also be monsters too you know i'm looking for aspirational inspirational characters when i'm reading comics i don't need to read that how the uh, uh Aquaman equivalent is you know uh a fucking rapist
1: you well know? well to switch gears this is something a uh, topic I thought we'd cover later but it looks very very likely uh in in terms of uh, characters you want to look up to that um the Ewan McGregor Obi-Wan movie which had been rumored for years that apparently Solo killed yeah uh apparently now it's going to be a Disney Plus series. And
0: that is awesome. And,
1: and what they said was Ewan McGregor is in talks. So that to me usually means we're figuring out the money. Yeah. But yeah. How much we're is doing it gonna it.
0: cost to do this? And here's the other thing. Um I'm all on board with the kind of like Disney app I think I've already uh we were talking about it yesterday. We were all at Lisas for um, my mom's birthday and me her and tina were like oh yeah we're gonna get this app and split it or whatever yeah, you know it's, you it's do. 70 it's bucks seven, for the year yeah, that makes easily i'll come up with it <laughs> you know i can come up with my third or my fourth of it or whatever it's gonna be but um
1: uh all the shows i mean i'm just gonna use the money i'm i was gonna use to renew the dc app dc right, app is switch gone. It over there that harley animated series looks pretty good but yeah. i could buy it on you'll iTunes. find it somewhere else yeah
0: um but I, I like this idea of these like disney basically taking properties that they know works and uh pouring uh higher budgets into making shows with the mcu characters and star wars it's like this mandalorian thing everything i hear about it sounds awesome yeah one of the guys that uh we work with he's one of the you
1: Mandalorians know
0: yeah yeah he's not the 501st but like the Mandalorian oh, okay. equivalent of it yeah and he did his own armor he got accepted into the thing and they all went to a screening for it at the celebration or whatever yeah. they let all the Mandalorians go and he's like dude it's like he's it's awesome they showed us the teaser for the show or whatever he's like it looks incredible John Favreau's heading it up. It's mm-hmm. like the production's gonna be
1: Taika Waititi's IG-88. Yeah,
0: it's like the more I hear about it, the more I'm excited. So if if the Ewan McGregor show is gonna land in that vein, yeah. I'm I'm on board. That that dude is the best thing in
1: the prequels. Yeah, he's the only thing that comes out smelling like a rose.
0: Yes, and he's he's uh, 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 he's great.
1: Yeah, uh, and you know what? It's it just like Solo, where. The plot points in Solo, and I think Solo was an okay movie. It wasn't... Uh, I haven't rewatched it. It was an ama- Have you never seen
0: it? No, no, oh. I haven't rewatched it. I saw it in theaters, and I was like, eh, okay.
1: Yeah, I, I ended up playing it on iTunes and watching it again, and the... What I wanted from it, it did well enough, and then all of the other stuff I could take relief. Like, I wanted to see how he met Lando, I wanted to see how he got the Millennium Falcon from Lando, I wanted to see the Kessel Run, and I really wanted to know how he met Chewbacca. I was satisfied with all of those. They did.
0: They checked all those boxes.
1: The other thing I always wondered about, especially after the prequels, was what is what was that 20 years like for Obi-Wan Kenobi? Because and, you know, the uh, comics touched on it a little bit. And we talked about this when it was rumored for a long time is that, like, how does Obi-Wan decide that he's got to live on Tatooine? Right. Because at the end of Sith, he hands Luke over. Right. But there's no signal that he's like, and I'm going to live over here. Yeah,
0: I'll be your neighbor. <laughs>
1: yeah. Hi, neighbor. Here's a baby. Hello there. <laughs> I, li- I like how my uh, Alec has turned into Carrie Grant a little bit. Yeah. Hello, <laughs> everyone. What's well, funny. I'm Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi. You're Here's Obi- my lightsaber. It goes swish.
0: <laughs> your Obi-Wan Kenobi is Alec Guinness, and my Obi-Wan Kenobi is Ewan McGregor. Yeah, which
1: reminds me, by the way, how, um, Howie Weingarten, who's been on this show, who's a good friend of mine, <laughs> since college— does uh does an impression of a Cary Grant, but he it's only two lines. <laughs> and he just goes, he goes, hello, I'm Cary Grant, and I want a uh, no, I'm sorry. Let me take this back. <laughs> this is a word for word because he's never altered it in 20 years. Yeah. Uh, hello, I'm Cary Grant, and I demand you give me a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> I've worked hard all day and I deserve a blowjob.
0: He's on the boys.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, But I really want to know what happened. And actually, the more I thought about this show, the more excited I got because I really wanted to see this movie. I really wanted it to be like Rogue One or Solo and be like, this is everything Obi-Wan did. Ewan McGregor is the perfect age because it is now 15 years after Sith. Right. Which, uh, I mean, he's in his 50s. I just watched Chris, Christopher Robin is on Netflix. It's good, but he's really good. Yeah. And he's married to Haley Atwell, which means more chances to look at Haley Atwell. Yeah. Uh, but I, as I was looking at him in that movie, I was like, yeah, you're the perfect age for this. Because you're like 10 years younger than Alec Guinness was in New Hope. Yeah. And I'm like, this is the era where he's still in good shape. Like he can still do Jedi fights. Yeah. Like he's not quite the settled mentor character. And I feel like that's the last hole, but then so then the series, basically they they're basically saying yeah it's not going to be two hours it's going to be ten
0: yeah giving us more of it and letting that breathe more and kind of showing more of the characters never I'm never going to be against that so um, yeah I'm interested I'm all for it I think it's a good uh, it's a good call I'm interested to see because that's the one confusing thing. Uh, the they realize with the movies is that a one Star Wars movie per year is too many Star Wars movies. Yes, right. So it's like every other year. And then Solo
1: was six months, and that was way right. too way
0: soon. too soon. People don't want to do that. But it that that same logic doesn't seem to apply to the TV shows because since Star Wars kind of came back, there's like a Clone Wars show on, or there's always some kind of Star
1: Wars show yeah, on. Yeah, there's the been air. an animated show honestly since the prequels because right. like Clone Wars came out. Not long after, after Sith. That.
0: Right. So I think that kind of shows you is like the people that really want it, the Star Wars people, they'll go and watch the show. Right. General movie audiences, that's too much Star Wars for folks. So,
1: well, and that's um, interesting you know, th- it's the right venue for Well, it. that's the interesting thing is all the characters are focusing on Marvel and Star Wars are characters that may not be box office draws.
0: Right, so yeah. We're not like- going to get a WandaVision movie. No. But it's like, could you do a series for that and do a season that then leads into a movie? Mm-hmm. Like,. This is supposed to going to lead into Doctor Strange. It's like, yeah, that works. And then, the, all right. So then Scarlet Witch is a supporting character in the next Doctor Strange movie. And then maybe whenever they get around to doing another Avengers, she'll be on the roster. You know, it's like, right. There's room for those that, characters that still live in the MCU. But they're, you know, uh, Falcon is Captain America. Might isn't going to be the box office smash Winter Soldier was.
1: Right. Yeah. So the uh, and that whole thing of guest stars has just taken over more and more and more because ever since I think winter winter soldier really turned the MCU around as much as you talk about Avengers being huge and guardians of the galaxy, but like black widow is a major player in winter soldier. And then iron man is a, is the main villain in civil war. And he's in
0: spider man. And then he's in spider Ragnarok. Yes.
1: So Wanda being in Dr. Strange makes a lot of sense. Dr. Strange was in Ragnarok. Yes. You know,
0: So it's like, I do get this kind of like doubling up on the heroes per movie or whatever. You know, uh, we didn't really get it in Spider-Man. Spider-Man's the only one in Far From Home.
1: Well, because it's the epilogue of Endgame. Right. So you don't need to see any more Avengers at this point.
0: Right. Um, But but then that Nick Fury and Maria Hill are in it, you know? Yeah.
1: So that kind of blows your... (laughs) Well, I mean, they're not major characters. It's like, they're they're kind of like,
0: it's like Phil Coulson showing up in a bunch of movies. It's like, you know, this dude ain't like top billing. He's just a, a through thread.
1: Yes uh but going back to Obi-Wan I was wondering and uh you can tell me if you think it's true or not um I'm wondering if with with the Obi-Wan movie I think uh Disney knew that people were disappointed even though it was never officially announced that people were disappointed Ewan McGregor is definitely still a star um
0: I think he's like he's one of those guys where He's not like a Keanu Reeves where he's like king of the internet right now. But you uh, Ewan McGregor's in kind of that same vein where it's like, you never hear there anything bad about him. He's right. not this colossal movie star. He's still
1: a leading man. He's still a leading man. Like, he's man. not the supporting character. But he's stuff. such
0: a charming guy. He's really good in interviews. He just seems... It seems like a lot of people... I don't know anyone who has a bad thing to say about Ewan McGregor. Right. You know, it's not like... I'll insert other celebrity Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp, where it's like people have all this garbage to say about the guy. Cause he's kind of a, a creep, you know, or like Tom Cruise gets up and acts like a lunatic and everyone's like, this guy sucks or whatever. You know, it's like Hugh McGregor doesn't have that. He seems right. to have a lot of goodwill. So yeah. I think there is the level of um, interest in this. And it's like, it also kind of shows if it did happen, who knows of like the power of the mob to be like, hey we're really excited about this potential idea that's been rumored however that rumor started let's get it made and there's a lot of that circling right now for michael keaton to play old bruce wayne in a batman beyond movie
1: right and right now what we're getting is we're getting kevin conroy right as old bruce wayne as live in-
0: action which everyone's very excited yeah. for and it's like Pick that ball and run with it. Warner Brothers, like, pay a fucking attention <laughs> to what well, the on the internet. Well, and speaking
1: of picking up that ball and running with it, I'm wondering, with this Obi Wan show, how much Picard had to do with that? Because people are losing their goddamn minds over this new Picard show. Oh, so is it Disney looking at what's happening there and going, "Oh, I see. If we bring a character back right. from 20 years ago that people still care about." They go berserk. Yeah. Who have we got? Obviously, with the MCU, we don't have anybody 20 years ago. Sure. But, hey, Star Wars. Right. Because, you know what? We got the Picard trailer at San Diego, and the anticipation is just built and built and built. Suddenly, this week, they didn't announce it in San Diego. You know? They may have been thinking about it, but I'm... I would not be surprised if the reaction to Picard was, helped get Obi Wan.
0: Yeah, it's like, all right, how much is it going to cost to do this? You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that kind of stuff's smart. You know, nostalgia is always kind of a present thing, and it's like a, it's our turn behind the the barrel of the gun or whatever. It's like them wanting to be like, what do what did we grow up with? I mean, I was um, a teenager, a young teenager when they started the prequels, so bringing Obi Wan back and hopefully making them good this time. Um, that's definitely something uh, guys in their 30s are are going to be super stoked about. I and
1: think. he's one of the few characters from the prequels that crosses over in the original trilogy. Right. Because Sith kills just about everybody. Right. You know, unless you made a droid show, which, oh, I'd see a droid show.
0: Yeah, it would depend on the droid. No, it really would have to be watch... C-3PO and R2-D2. Uh... I don't know if I could watch a whole show about those two running around.
1: Ah, the, did you ever see the 80s cartoon? Mm, droids? No. People still love that cartoon. And I liked it. It was after Jedi. They were trying to figure out what to do with the license, and what they ended up doing was stopping it. Yeah. But they made um, two animated series. They made Droids, and they made Ewoks. And Ewoks was going for like that Smurfs demographic. It was sure. very cutesy. It was very young. But Droids was... Um, it was kind of like heavy metal influenced, uh, like Mobius looking, and it was very, it was more adult. Um, it's hard to say, because this is like 86, so it's hard to say what it looked like at the time, but I think it was It was part of that wave of animation that was just creeping a little bit older. Uh, I was thinking about Batman the Animated Series today and thinking about what it looked like – and obviously it didn't look like anything and then X-Men followed it and X-Men was clearly younger yeah. and cheaper. And I was like, well, what did, what was there? What were the cartoons I was watching? Because I'm a college student when Batman comes out. Right. And I'm like, I was still watching cartoons. What cartoons was I watching in high school that were really good? And I was like, well, it was real Ghostbusters and that was yeah. not as good but it was pretty good. And then the last couple of seasons of Super Friends when – they, they
0: basically like Dark Side and Joker teaming up. Which well, is... they
1: basically relaunched it for the Kenner Superpowers figures. Right. Um, but nobody knew that because Super Friends had just been in reruns forever. Yeah. And they were like, ah, uh, here's a new season of Super Friends. There's a lot of Darkseid and Firestorm and Cyborg. And b- uh, by the way, there's new figures of that. But those were just a little bit older than Super Friends. And Droids was like that. Droids had, like, had a continuing story. Um... I'm, I'm trying to think if they put out a DVD. I think they put out a DVD and it's like disappeared. That would be a really great thing to just put on Disney Plus. Yeah, because they said they have I something assume... like ten thousand hours they're launching with.
0: Yeah, we were talking about that too. It's like we're like Gummy Bears is gonna be on the fucking Disney app and like we're legitimately excited. Though that mo- that show probably is terrible.
1: You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, I'm it's sure like, it is. don't look back. You know. Well, I'm hoping the Muppet shows on it because yeah. they never finished the DVDs.
0: Yeah, I think that kind of stuff is kind of like you know you got to go through the list. It's like okay, the big Disney cartoons and movies, the Star Wars stuff, the Marvel stuff. What's the next big property? It's the Muppets, right? It's right. Like maybe and Pixar before that, and then the Muppets.
1: Well, and there was talk. Um, they didn't officially announce it, but there was talk that the next Muppet Show will be on Disney Plus. Oh, okay. But then that's the question too. With Disney Plus, is what the properties? we're assuming oh you can have everything marvel you can have everything muppets but we're talking about properties they bought later so do how much access do they have to things that were that they didn't produce
0: yeah so like are we going to get like the 90s marvel cartoons on this yeah
1: i'd love to see all the fox cartoons which yeah. obviously disney had nothing to do with
0: but when they bought fox i assume that can cont- like that goes backwards yeah but fox you know?
1: didn't own those either I think there was to like Saban. Yeah. You know, which Marvel and Fox was just the network. So they didn't produce that just like Batman. I mean, once right. once the WB happened, uh Superman launched on the WB and then Batman followed him. Yeah. Like Fox had no ownership over Batman the animated series. So who knows? I mean, things seem obvious that it's like, hey, we're gonna get uh the sixty-seven Spider-Man cartoon on Disney Plus. Maybe. Maybe yeah, we maybe don't. Not.
0: Yeah, and it's like, that's the thing, it's like, we don't know what, you know, fucking lawyers are sitting around arguing over this mm-hmm. shit in a room somewhere.
1: Right, and that's what we used to say with Fox when, um, when the Chitauri was in Avengers, we were like, oh, clearly Fox has the rights to Skrulls, and then the Skrulls show up in Captain Marvel before the Fox deal, and it's like, oh, you know what, I don't think these are hard and fast rules. Yeah. I think these are lawyers going like, well, you you can have the Molecule Man, because he fought the Avengers, but then we're taking the man ape. Yeah. <laughs> you know,
0: the, the fact that there's lawyers arguing over the Man and the man ape brings me a, a small uh, joy. It's like a, it's an odd joy, but it's there. Yeah, me too. It's like it's like binders full of characters and being like, I like this guy. I want this guy. You get Namor. We get this guy.
1: So it's like Clinton, but with superheroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Binders, binders full, full of
0: women. S- yeah. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: So when speaking of nostalgia, the one thing I really wanted to talk about, and the more I thought about it, I wanted to talk about it more than the boys was. Um, this was kind of surreptitiously this weekend. Uh, there was a lot of a lot of stuff just popped up on streaming that's actually really good. There's a new Jim Gaffigan special on Amazon Prime that's fantastic. There's a new Colin Quinn special on Netflix that was really really oh. really good, and Nickelodeon had been working on. An Invader Zim movie, and uh Yonan Vasquez uh, was tweeting about it. I first found out about it because Kevin McDonald from Kids in the Hall, who plays one of the tallest, the leaders in Invader Zim, just tweeted, hey, I just did the voiceover for the new Invader Zim movie. And it was assumed that it was going to be on Nickelodeon. And then about a month ago, they were like, oh, Netflix is going to have it. And there was no date. Yeah. So I didn't know when this thing was happening. Sure. So... I I found out about it uh, yesterday as we recorded this, was Sebastian, um, he is as antisocial as I am. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> he, whatever he
0: gets that from
1: <laughs> Yeah. So, so now he comes home and he takes the mini iPad and he sits in a room and you walk in the room and he goes could you please go away Yeah. Uh, today he figured out he, we got the Oculus Go on Amazon Prime Day and he figured out he could watch Netflix on that so he just puts on goggles and shuts you out
0: yeah he goes into the uh, the Matrix
1: <laughs> yeah so the yeah. way I found out about it was he, he comes in the room with the iPad and he's sitting there and I hear Justin Roiland's voice Cause I hear like, I hear Morty yeah. coming and I'm like, are you watching Rick and Morty? Cause you shouldn't. And I look down and I see Invader Zim and I go, Oh, I said, Oh, well that's clearly Justin Roiland. So you know what? He was an animator for a long time. Yeah. Invader Zim was like 17 years ago. There's a joke in Mark Wade's fantastic four where, uh, I think Johnny says to thing, he's like, Hey, what's the matter? They cancel Invader Zim again. Yeah. Like it's, it's, not, it's a long
0: time ago. It's
1: not quite a generation, but yeah. it's a long time ago. And then I, so I looked down and I'm like, well, maybe he worked on the show as an animator and he did voices. And then, and then I looked down, and I'm like, why is that in widescreen? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't remember this episode, and i have seen Invaders a lot. Yeah, and then I just yelled, "Is this the movie?" Yeah, it's
0: and like I, he started slowly putting the pieces together. And
1: I paused his iPod, and he was at his iPad, and he was like, "What? Wait, wait!" I was like, "No, we all have to watch this a family on the TV, and we're ordering La Cabanita, and we're gonna sit and what?" And that's what we did last night, and yeah. we were all really excited to watch it and by the way if you are an invader zim fan it's called enter the florpis uh it is everything you want from invader zim it has not missed a step the entire voice cast is there it's just as weird and as strained and as screaming that's great as it has ever been and it it, it was truly uh the animation wasn't much better than it had been in the original series it was in sure it was in widescreen it was in high def but it was, it was, like there were a couple of scenes where I'm like, eh, it kind of looks like Flash. <laughs> it's like not great animation, yeah. but it was so so strong. And I feel like Invader Zim isn't quite old enough to have that generational nostalgia, but it I think that helped it because at the same time, uh, I didn't even know they were working on this. They Nickelodeon also released a new Rocco's Modern Life.
0: Yeah, so is that a movie or a show or?
1: It's another special. So both of these yeah. are about an hour each. Okay. So I think uh, I think Rocker's Modern Life was like forty five minutes, and, uh, and Invaders in uh, Enter the Florpist was like an hour and change. So they're not features. Okay. But did you watch Rocker's Modern Life? Because I mean that uh, was kind of kind your kind demographic.
0: Of. It was on when other stuff we were watching was on, so I was aware of it and I probably caught a couple episodes, but it wasn't anything I ever got really into. Um my buddy Joe, I'm if I'm not mistaken, is a is a is a huge Rocco's Modern Life fan. Like loved it. Like yeah. uh, he really got into that, Ren and Stimpy, everything that was in that kind of like vein.
1: Yeah, that uh, early nineties. Nickelodeon right. was doing and that. And
0: that stuff actually uh Joe's an animator. He works for an animation company in Chicago. So that all that stuff was his entry into animation and wanted to draw and all that stuff so that's definitely in his wheelhouse
1: yeah i was a little old for it so i was i was in the same place as you but i was older i was like in college and i would see it and i'd be like well this is interesting but it's it's aimed clearly for kids it's not running stimpy right where it's got this other thing going on and honestly the early 90s were an interesting time for animation because of the simpsons yes because when the simpsons started It was the smartest show on television, and it was animated, so everybody raised their game, and you had a lot of really cool stuff. So you had things like Ren and Stimpy and Beavis and Butthead and later South Park, Um, but you also had the kids' shows just getting smarter, because that's also when Warner Brothers was at their peak. It was probably their biggest peak since the original Looney Tunes, because you had Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain and Batman the Animated Series. Freakazoid. Tiny Toons, yeah, Freakazoid, Tasmania, hysteria like even the shows that went below the radar were really good so rockers modern life kind of fell in between and it was kind of spongebob before spongebob i feel like spongebob kind of took that sense of humor yeah and made it a little more accessible and a little and a little stronger and obviously that's been running now for 20 years the the original creator is like Quit and then died, and it's not slowing down, yeah
0: I mean it's like memes and all this stuff,
1: yeah, but I we watched the first ten minutes of the Roccos modern life uh and by the way, you cannot stream the show, which I thought was really weird,
0: yeah, see, I just assumed the movie or whatever the specials coming that that means the show is too, but it's yeah, it's no, kind of weird that it's not
1: I checked, which yeah. is weird because invader Zim you can hmm. uh, invader Zim I did buy when Here's iTunes a had it on,
0: so, yeah invader Zim, so your kids weren't around when that show. Came on. How did they find Invaders? I bought the DVDs. Gotcha.
1: um, Which came out like a couple of years after the show ended. Yeah. And I showed that to them. And then um, iTunes had a sale. It was like 10 bucks for the complete series. So I bought that. So they knew about it. It uh, wasn't their favorite show. But it was one of those shows where I sat them down and was like, you need to see this. Yeah. In fact,
0: kids aren't going to say no to cartoons.
1: No. The way I discovered it, I actually discovered it at a wedding.
0: That's an odd story. Let's hear the rest of that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so we were at a wedding. My cousin got married on New Year's Eve, which was actually a great wedding because they got married uh, like at like six o'clock at night. Okay. So then the reception went through midnight. So you had like New Year's celebration in the middle of their wedding reception. So it's like four or five. We're in the hotel because it was a destination wedding and like we're getting dressed and I just have the TV on. And it was on Nickelodeon. I'm like, oh, cartoon. And it was the weirdest thing I'd ever seen. And it was like everyone on Invader Zim is just going like this. Just all the time and screaming. I honestly
0: think that's all I can picture of Invader Zim because I think around that time uh, I discovered like girls and... Yeah. You know, so I was like, nah, I'm not I I was like, I'm focused on other things, you know.
1: See, I thought you were gonna say I discovered girls and I was following them around going,
0: No, oh, yeah, no. I mean I kinda was, but yeah. you know.
1: Yeah, see I was I was uh with my wife and I was like, Oh, this is crazy. Yeah. And I got super into it and she despised it. She hated it. She was like, What are you watching? This and I'm like trash. I'm like, This alien is fighting a a creature made out of five hundred babies. Yeah. <laughs> and I fell in love with it, and then she realized she really liked Gur, which is his robot sidekick that wears a dog costume that's okay. insane. There's an episode where uh, Gur uploads his consciousness into the house. So how much do you know about his invaders uh, Have you seen I know much? what
0: the characters look like. I can pick out the animation.
1: Okay, you know what the premise is? No. Okay, so the premise... He's an alien. He's an alien invader, but he's... He's the worst alien invader. Yeah. So the two leaders who don't seem to care about much, one of them is Kevin McDonald from Kids in the Hall. They hate him, so they just sent him to Earth because they didn't know it was a planet, and they were just like, "Just go over there," <laughs> and they just want him to leave him alone. And he thinks that he's doing this, he thinks that he's doing this really huge mission to like conquer the Earth, but he's terrible. Yeah. At it, and there's one kid, and because he's little, he's in like third grade classroom. And there's one kid who's like a Fox Mulder, who's like the only one that knows he's an alien. He's but, green. Yeah, he's green. and But no he puts on noticed. a wig and eyes. Okay. Uh, my One of my favorite episodes is is Dib, who's the kid who knows that he's an alien, says like uh, they were in science class and they were learning about the organs. Okay. And he's like, I'm going to prove you're an alien because you don't have any of these organs. So he starts just stealing organs from children. The kid does the Invader uh, Zim. Oh, okay. he starts just like teleporting people kids' organs out. Yeah, and he's like, re- he's like replacing like a kid's lung with a soup can. <laughs> and Like these kids are falling over, and he's getting larger and larger. And when he talks, intestines fall out of his mouth. Yeah, it's pretty great.
0: Yeah, it's out there. <laughs> <laughs> it,
1: yeah, so I uh, um we both she eventually fell in love with it, and we both just loved it, and it was. And then it disappeared, and it took forever for the DVDs to come out. It was like— Did it get
0: canceled? Yeah.
1: Okay. And it was some DVD— It
0: seems like kind of like the cartoon version of, like, Serenity. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like all these crazy people are, like, super into this. I mean, I remember seeing Invader Zim crap everywhere. Toys. uh, Yeah. I was on clothes, T-shirts, everything.
1: Palisades made Invader Zim figures, and you will be very lucky to find any of them less than $80 now on eBay. That's crazy. And I never got them. They were also the same company that made The Muppets. And I have oh, that yeah. complete collection, and there's not a single one of those that goes for less than fifty dollars. So it really makes me feel good when I see the when I see the boys throwing them. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a real comfort. It's one of those moments where I go, "They're supposed to play with these. Right. These They're are supposed toys. To play with these. <laughs> this yeah. is a good thing." Yeah, but then uh, it's like um, you're so, playing with them wrong. <laughs> Sebastian and I had a conversation yeah. Yeah. about exactly how many DC Direct Robins he has broken. Yeah. 'Cause he was like, I want to play with those. I was like, You you cannot play with those. And he's like, but I'll be careful. I'm like, what happened to the last one? I broke his arm off. And the one before that, I broke his head off. And the one before that, I lost him. Yeah. And I'm like, You can't. Right. But it's like the Muppets, I'm like, You gotta be a real dick to go, You can't play with the Muppets. Right.
0: Yeah. You what kind of monster are you? (laughs) Give me that Bunsen and beaker. Yeah. So, you know, I have a
1: beaker with no eyes somewhere in the house. And I'm like, that's the way just, it is.
0: Just don't think about it. You know, take a Marvel Legend and <laughs> play with that. Yeah, instead. but
1: that same company did Invader Zim, and I was like, "Ooh, should I get those? Should I not get those? Because they were like kind of big sets. There were some somewhat play sets. And, yeah, and you're always budgeting. You know, like I I'm buying me. constant Marvel Legends, but I'm not really buying much else. But so uh, yeah, it's the perfect example of a cult show and but it was so bizarre it was like nothing i'd ever seen yeah that i i just adored it and like i said i'd been waiting for this movie for a year so it was kind of the best way possible to be like wait you're already watching this
0: yeah surprise
1: yeah i was like i, I need i need to watch that
0: yeah and i think that's uh again it kind of goes back to this idea where it's like this this shit that we grew up with, me, like my, my generation, is all this shit that everyone's mining for new properties now. You well, know you're getting so to the like,
1: point where well, usually, um until this country fell apart, you're getting to the point now where you have disposable income. Yeah, we're supposed to. <laughs> you're supposed to be at the point where your career's starting to take off. Right. Maybe you're married or maybe you're single, a house but you don't have kids, you don't have a house, and you also you also have your own money, so when I was your age, um, every all the '80s stuff was coming back. Right, that they brought back GI Joe, they yep. brought back Transformers, they brought back He-Man for the first time, and uh, that's when Marvel Legends started. Was I was around your age when? Yeah. My, Oh, young boy. Oh, young. <laughs> now Ripper look at snapper. you. Now look at you pre-ordering Alex <laughs> yeah. Ross, Iron Man's and Thor's. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's how it starts.
1: Oh, that's how it starts. Well, that's the you thing. It's like it... Uh,
0: I broke out of the poverty line, you know, I'm above uh, the poverty line. And immediately finally.
1: action figures. And
0: it was just like, all right, I've got a little bit of walking around money. I still got credit cards. I got to pay off. I still got student loans. I got to take care of my car went kaput again. So I got to dump a bunch of money into that. But it's like, I can afford 25 bucks for yeah. a
1: Captain America action figure. That's how it starts. You that's know how it starts you know how it ends
0: yeah with, with fucking this mess over here
1: it doesn't yeah it, it doesn't. never ends
0: yeah what drives me, keep making them
1: what drives me crazy and this will probably make you feel terrible is that when marvel legends started they were seven dollars
0: yeah that i was aware of because they started marvel legends right when i was getting out of action figures mm-hmm. uh it was g- kind of getting to the point where there were too many of them and we weren't really playing with them anymore so it's like i it was older uh and they They were definitely, they looked great. They were the best looking figures I had ever seen, but they still weren't, even as like a kid, I was like, I don't know, I was probably a teenager or something. I don't know how old I was when they started, but I was like, nah, these don't look that great. And now it's like, I've been out of action figures. I was like, I'm done with action figures. I'm not buying any more action figures. And then now it's like, we turned this corner and I'm like, oh fuck, these things look incredible. (laughs) Like this Iron Man figure you have is like magic.
1: Well, I just paid way too much for a Mezco 112 Joker. Yeah. Because he's not going to go down. Nope. Yeah, it's... When I was in high school, too. When I was in high school, it was a Lull in Action Figures, where... I mean, I my high school was across the street from the mall, so I could go to KB every single day. Yeah. Uh, like, it was on the way to the bus. Right. Like, the shortcut to the bus was through the mall. So all I had to do was take one escrow extra escalator but there wasn't much back then like G.I. Joe and Transformers had gotten to that point where they were so outlandish that they were silly yeah and uh, you know they had flirted with superhero figures when I was in 6th, 7th grade that was Superpowers and Secret Wars and both of those didn't last you know Superpowers was about 30 figures in two years Secret Wars was 12 in one year There there wasn't really anything Star Wars was dead as dead could be and it was like that's when they like the comedy figures were around. There was Beetlejuice. There was uh real Ghostbusters. Yeah. There was Swamp Swamp Thing, which was a leftover sculpt from superpowers that they never released. Yeah. And then they made a bunch of those. There was a lot of like gross out monsters and goofy sure. stuff. Uh so there wasn't that much to buy. And then the eighty nine Batman movie hit. When that was the summer of my junior year. Yeah. And even that line, it was like Batman and Joker and Bob the Goon.
0: Yeah, well, and that was weird. Is like I and I never understood this. And that was the first figures we were getting were the eighty nine Batman figures. We had some of the real Ghostbusters. We had some Beetlejuice, but I think like Lisa bought those because she was a few years older. Mm-hmm. But when those Batman figures came out, we were like, oh my god, Batman action figures from that movie. We're probably not supposed to be watching. <laughs> and uh, but that's like jungle print Batman and gold. Oh, Batman. that's a little bit. And I'm that, like, what the fuck? Well, that's are we a doing? little
1: bit later because the first line was Toy Biz yeah. before they had the Marvel license. And those were awful. That was the Bob the Goon. Yeah. And then they got some old superpower sculpts and they put like Green Lantern and Flash and Lex Luthor and Riddler out. And they were also pretty bad. Uh, and then the next year they started doing Marvel. And it was one of those moments where it was like, oh, the same company is doing Marvel in DC. It was like Mego. Yeah. And then uh, Kenner got the DC license. And that's when... Batman in That's every color. Kenner, yeah. And those were good figures, but yeah, it was but the was same like, sculpt over and over doing? and over What are doing?
0: Here's Arctic Batman. I'm like, this doesn't happen in the movie. What are you doing?
1: And that continued into the animated series. Yeah, it really did. The biggest pain in the ass in the animated series was... was finding
0: b- a regular Batman.
1: Finding the villain was yeah. torture. Because it'd be like Clayface be in the set, and he'd be one per case. And you would be digging through, like, multicolored Batmans.
0: Yeah, and I was fighting with guys like you trying to get
1: it. You know, you're, oh, yeah. you're
0: in college, and I'm like, I'm in, I'm in grade school. Let me have this. Yeah. I'm going to play with it. It's going to go on your shelf.
1: I didn't have a driver's license, though. Yeah. So. so I had to get off the bus and then get back on it. Yeah, but you lived in New York. You don't need a driver's license if yeah, you live it, in New York. Yeah, when I went to college, which I stayed, I went to Brooklyn College. But there was a Toys R Us on the way. Yeah. So every now and then, I'd, I'd, I'd be looking out the window, and I'm like I'm going to check for figures. Yes. <laughs> Jump off. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, but that's also when, so since Toy Biz lost the DC license, they started doing Marvel. And then that very quickly became X-Men. And, yeah. And then that took
0: over. Well, that's where we were. And kinda- at that point I'm in
1: college, the comic store by me had opened where I eventually work and published my first books. And I was like back into comics hardcore. So I was like, yes, I'm buying all these figures. Yeah. Cause they didn't make them when I was a kid. Right. And then that's, Like I said,
0: that leads to where you are
1: today. Yep. Yeah. I'm looking down the barrel of 50 and I'm holding a war machine.
0: or Serpent Society figures. Yeah. I got rock python. What an age we live in. Yes. I don't know that I've ever, ever, ever seen an issue of a comic book where where Rock Python appeared.
1: I feel like I've seen an issue of the Serpent Society where there were 20 guys in the panel. Yeah. And I'm assuming he's back. He's
0: one of those idiots.
1: Yep. Yeah. That's great. No, we're in a very, very uh, gilded golden age. And that's the thing with um, – that's the thing now you go back and 10 years ago, a lot of this was in the 90s too. It takes so little to get me into action figure history because once X-Men had completely exploded, um, they brought Star Wars back because X-Men was so popular. They were like, oh, boys like like, uh, superheroes. Maybe they'll like Star Wars again. Then a couple of years later, Lucas did the special editions to fund the prequels. And then people were into That's Star Wars. That's why he
0: made the special editions. The yeah, fun pretty prequels. much. Wow. Pretty much,
1: yeah. Uh, he wanted to test the technology. Yeah. So he started sticking CG aliens in Everywhere. there. Everywhere, yeah. Uh, to see if he could Even do as it. as a for kid, I was ass. like, what are you doing?
0: <laughs> this, this looks ridiculous. And then it also and just. And adults were like, this
1: is fine. <laughs> yeah, you look at it now, it is more dated than the 70s effects. Yeah, That That Jabba the Hut looks awful. Yeah, But yeah, but what it really did was got everybody super excited about Star Wars again, and Kenner was putting out the figures, so they just exploded. And then in the middle of that, Todd McFarlane, being Todd McFarlane, was like, I don't like the figures that people are pitching me. I'm going to make my own company. Yeah. And, And he had
0: the money to fucking do it.
1: And now he has the DC license. Yeah. That's when everything changed, and that's when I ended up at Art Asylum in Brooklyn writing pitches for Star Trek toys. But... Yeah, there was a there was a a quiet period, and honestly, now it's never been better, but it's never been more expensive.
0: Yeah, it's kind of crazy, and it's um, uh, it, there's no sign of it slowing down. I don't know. No, I think at some point, like your kids aren't as into toys as i think you were as a kid or i was as a kid so it's like they'll lean more on video games maybe, maybe
1: maybe but actually sebastian is is more into toys than ben ever was and his birthday is coming up and uh he told me very clearly he'll be six that what he wants is uh the imaginex Batcave cave that has a waterfall yeah and first of all he's five so i'm like what are you talking about but man i went on amazon came right up and it's it's yeah. actually really cool yeah <laughs> cuz you, you know you turn <laughs> the dial and thing happens the waterfall part so then you can drive the Batmobile through like it's Batman Begins. Yeah.
0: and how does he know about this stuff I don't know yeah F-
1: maybe a friend has it maybe sure. he saw it in Target when we were there right but he locked it in yeah and you know what that's the only company making play sets because right that's the downside is figures are $20 each and they're six inches tall they're not making bat caves, right? It'd be
0: two hundred bucks
1: for a bat cave that yeah. fit
0: these six inch figures.
1: I spent a hundred dollars on a, a an alleyway. Yes. It's a fucking alley. A, a single brick wall, and it's
0: not anything. Um, it's not like a famous brick wall. No, it's not licensed. It's generic <laughs> brick wall for specifically marketed to nerds like you.
1: Yeah, it was originally the the Nika uh, Street scene was originally sculpted for Ninja Turtles. But then they were like, "Ah, we can make this neutral and sell it to anybody." Yeah. So yeah, it's got no license at all. But you don't see playsets anymore. But man, Mattel's cranking them out. Oh my god, this didn't hit me till just now, with Mattel giving up the DC license. That's the end of Imagine X DC okay, figures. We're what not is? gonna get those Batcave play sets anymore.
0: Oh, so this might be the last one. This might be
1: the last one.
0: Well, at least the kid he's he's gonna you know, gonna get it. You know, the last one's gonna get you know, fit in there.
1: Oh, he's getting it. Yeah. The greatest thing in the world. This week. I, I saw so much stuff that I mentioned in passing that it took me a second to think of what I haven't talked about. But um I was I picked up a couple of books um from Amazon and I I've been kinda getting back into Batman. So I got the hardcover of the Francis Manapul Brian Bucatello run of Detective Comics, um, which I forgot how good it was. They they were doing Flash in the new 52. Okay. And there's an omnibus of all that run. Yeah. And then they got big enough. They were, they were like, we'll give you Batman, and they left together. And they did some stories, and honestly, they're... Their runs cut a little short because the last story is Gordon as Batman in the big robot suit, so they kind of had to fall lockstep with that. Yeah. But the stories are pretty good. But man, the art is so great. I forgot how good Brian Bucatello was. Yeah. He has this style that it's like kind of Bruce Tim, but also kind of like watercolor sketch. And it, uh, the there's a deluxe hardcover of like it's like twelve issues. Sure. Um, but it's kind of like it's the bigger size. So it's a little bigger than comics. And it's been a really good book to open in your lap like I was reading it on the bus. And I also discovered a really nice life hack. So the air and water show is going on in Chicago. Yeah. And it's the end of the summer and kids are out. So yesterday I'm going into work and I just want a quiet place to read this Francis Manipal Brian Bucatello, Batman book. And I get on the train and all of these families get on the train. And it's like little kids, like four or five-year-olds. And I'm always like that. Yeah. It's a- <laughs> all of <Ooh>. them. So.
0: <laughs> that stings. I,
1: yeah, I really hope I leaned enough back from the microphone. Uh, so I'm like, I, I can't read. So, and I'm not going to get mad. and the, the kids are being good. Yeah. But I'm like, all right, I'll put in my headphones and I'll put on some white noise. And I'm like, all right, I, I can't listen to a podcast And read. Yeah. And I'm like, "Ah, I don't want to listen to music that I really like because I'll focus on that. I'm like, I just need like music in the background. And then I remembered that I have a Spotify playlist of every Batman soundtrack.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. That's smart.
1: so I, uh, which I recommend everybody do. Yeah. So I put it on shuffle and it's just like Danny Elfman from 89 and it's Hans Zimmer Dark Knight and it's Shirley Walker animated. And I'm reading Batman and here with the music Batman. on. And it just made the book even better.
0: Yeah. I've done that once or twice where there's something about listening to the theme for the thing you're reading if such themes exist. And I've done that where I'll like I'll read an Avengers omnibus and have the Avengers soundtrack mm. playing or that theme song playing, and it's like, uh, it's cool.
1: Yeah, the only the only downside to it is it's not really tuned to the story. Oh
0: yeah, it's, it's so not like gonna the, line up.
1: The music gets fast and exciting, and it's Batman like discussing a crime with Commissioner Gordon. I'm like, right. this isn't right. Right, you got
0: to try to find the the right spot for it. Yeah,
1: but uh, but it's a really it's a really good book, and you can find it on like in stock trades for like seventeen bucks. Uh it's a one of those underrated runs we were talking about that last week. Yeah. Of uh, uh when Cap- Capullo and Snyder started Batman it took off like a rocket. And Detective never quite caught up like Tony Daniel was writing his own stories and they weren't great. And then John they got John Layman from uh from Chew to do some stuff and it like didn't quite go anywhere. And then there was this run. This run was really good. Uh but as I said, just in the At the end of the of- new the new 52, yeah. yeah, and that was the point where Snyder's stories were taking over the whole Bat universe. So they were kind of in and out, so it's a short run.
0: Yeah, we've talked about that before. Is these like secondary titles are harder to... They 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 are going to get overlooked, A, and B, it's harder for them to write when the writer on the main story is kind of steering the direction and you're kind of trying to do what they're doing or you're forced to do what they're doing because it's like, Jim Gordon is Batman in a Bat-Iron Man suit. Now you have to write that. And it's like, uh, okay, yeah. this wasn't really what I had planned, but I guess I'll do my best. Yeah, it's which, a hard gig to, to do is the, is the B title. It is a really
1: hard gig to do. And I remember explaining this to somebody who likes superheroes but doesn't read comics and I I... I had a detective and a Batman, and she was like, "She was like, so Batman's riding a horse in that one. It was one of the Tom King issues." And I'm like, "Yeah, I haven't read it, so I don't know what ha- what's happening." And then she looks at the other one. And it's like, mad had her strangling Batman in this one. Which one is first Yeah, and I'm like, "Don't it doesn't even work like that." No. Yeah, and
0: but they both happen. They both count, but it's yeah. after the fact.
1: That happens on a Tuesday. This one happens on a Wednesday.
0: Yeah, Batman <laughs> does two different cases. Uh, mine's also comic related. Um, I we talked about this before. Uh, the uh, the f- a couple weeks now because it is weekly. There's two congruent running X Men titles, uh, Powers of X or Powers of Ten and House of X, and they did the next issue of whichever one of them because they're basically the it's same. It's gonna be
1: book. your thing every week.
0: It kind <laughs> of it has been. Uh, I'm really really digging it, and I gotta say I'm taking some time to just be like. Uh, sit back I'm like do i like this am i excited for this and it's like i am very much loving what they're doing with x-men and it's it's very refreshing to be able to say that um to kind of go forward uh, but i will say there's one other book i read this past wednesday that i'm actually liking more uh and i've mentioned this book before is the monthly captain marvel book is uh, uh, incredible right now. And that's
1: not Kelly Sue anymore. I, I, I yeah, I don't
0: think so. I could be wrong about this, and somebody on the internet's probably going to yell me about it because I don't do my. This homework. shows
1: how much of an artist you are. Where you're like, I love this book. Who's writing it? I, I don't, don't know. know. But, and who's I, drawing it? And I well, I don't know who's drawing
0: it. But oh I but I, but hang on. I will say. I will say the person who's drawing it is killing it. And it's um. There's always like your favorite artist or your go to artist or the artists that you really like like. What basically anything Alan Davis is gonna draw, I'm gonna read because it's it's fucking Alan Davis. But Alan Davis has been around for like thirty plus years. Yeah. I've loved Alan Davis since I was a kid. It's 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 very lovely to find a new artist who's a new artist that you haven't seen before and uh watching them just kill it every single month around that book. And who's ever joined Captain Marvel. I follow them on Instagram. Uh, they're awesome at it. And it's like, uh, it's everything you want a superhero book to be.
1: Written by Kelly Thompson. Okay. it's really good. Drawn by Carmen Carnero.
0: Yes. And it's like, no idea who that is. Never heard that person before. I have no idea where they came from, A book they were on before this. But it's like, uh, probably one of my favorite artists in comics right now. It's just like, consistently uh it's just an awesome awesome book the characterization's great the action's great the storytelling's great i couldn't ask for a better book at this point i could not uh recommend it any more highly than i am the only other book i'm really liking <laughs> is the. are
1: you squeezing in a second
0: one, one no three This three is greg rucka's uh lois lane i think the second issue came out this not past kurt Busiek's
1: lois lane correct <laughs>
0: uh yes you
1: mentioned it i did yeah
0: yeah it's really good
1: and um, i heard it i've heard good things
0: yeah i just turned lisa onto it uh she went to a store she was out by Starve rock this past week she stopped at a local store and was able to get the two issues for it and um i i don't t- typically care for like a if they're gonna do like a side character book like i don't care about like a jim Leelson monthly book i don't care about a jim gordon monthly book or if they're gonna well, fractions
1: writing the jb olsen books so I, i'm I'm interested. gonna check it out yeah. yeah
0: what i'm saying is like typically that's not something i care for uh and they try lois lane books occasionally and um i don't know of one ever nailing it but this is i think the first uh lois lane book that i'm reading where uh the low the characterization of lois lane is like exactly how you'd want it to be and it's tackling like real shit it's like uh it's very political <laughs> it's yeah. like they are not pulling punches about what they're talking about in this book and um i think there's a lot of people that uh, anyone who says i'll oh, keep politics out of my comics you haven't been paying attention since captain america punched hitler in the face in his first appearance like a full six months before we got involved in the war in well, germany so the comics have always been political. If you haven't realized that, you haven't been paying a fucking attention to them. <laughs> you know, they're always been political.
1: Well, um, if you, you'd like to tell us yes. what you've been paying attention to. There are ways to get in touch with us. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm at not in my book, uh, both on Instagram and Twitter. That is the official Caffinated Comics social network feed. Uh, also, if you see me at Target, you can point to me yeah, and say, I "Do heard you about that. do That's that?" Amazing. I ran into somebody yeah. Monday who I'm hoping is listening to this. Uh, his name is also John. Ran into my target. He said, "Don't you do that podcast?" And I said, "How do you know that by looking at my face?" And he said, "Well, I follow you on Instagram." And guess what? You can all follow me on Instagram because yes. I am not in my book. Uh, and how can we follow you? Uh, you
0: can follow me on Instagram at the Brave Butter Pecan. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. And we are proud f- members of yeah. the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.
1: And I didn't get to the Facebook page. I was wondering if you were going to do that. No, no, that's your dot uh, Facebook.com slash caffeinated comics. That's our main news site. So it's like, hey, there's a new trailer for this. Hey, this just happened. Hey, uh, Obi-Wan is going to be a TV show now. Uh, that's where we post that stuff. But of course, if you leave a comment there, we always look at it and we usually respond. Uh, but with that said, we will talk to you next week.